Hey, today starts 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm very excited to start this journey with you guys. And uh, the way we want to start this right now is, would you join me in prayer? But before we join in prayer, there's a principle in Scripture as we pray uh, there's an expectation that we're meant to have. Uh, what we pray is very important, and we're meant to expect God. And just like Genevieve was talking about earlier, we're meant to expect Him to do far more than we could even think or imagine. So maybe even in this time, Lord, we don't even really have the words to pray, but God, would you, would you give us the words to even pray? We're expecting you to speak way beyond what we can. And so right now, right where you are, uh, would you just invite the Lord to give you words that you might pray along before we start? Father, we just invite you just to even tell us what we need to pray about. Lord, we're, we're saying that we don't even, we're not even adequate enough uh, to pray. Lord, we, we need your help in all of these things. God, would you speak to us uh, right where we are, right in the ways that are needed. God, each person all, all over the country... <laughs> that's tuning in today. God, I just pray that you'd meet in living rooms, that you'd meet in businesses, that you'd meet wherever this video is being shown right now. God, that you would speak way beyond uh, my words today. And Lord, as your word is read, Lord, I pray that it would, it, would, it would go deep into our soul, deep into our heart. Lord, I pray that you would illuminate uh, our, our lives and you would illuminate to us truth that is transformative. Lord, we invite you to transform us today. By your power, we are expectant. We're hopeful today. Thank you for the promise that you will meet us right where we are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, today I want to uh, remind everybody, if, if maybe you're unaware of the 21 days of prayer and fasting together, you can join us uh, right where you are uh, and receive daily updates if you'd like. Would you just text in 21 days to 57838? Then you're going to get a text. Just reply yes to that. And then each day you're going to get an update um, as we journey through Acts 2 together. This is a launching pad for us and uh, our church in West Hills. We believe that this season is very, very important. And we believe that God is going to bring some clarity for our church in the days ahead about maybe what he's inviting us into. I believe that he desires to move in a very unique way in this season. I believe uh, from what we're going to study right now uh, is that the seasons and times are actually under his authority. Check this out. I'm going to start this uh, sermon series, uh, and I'm going to title this sermon uh, called In the Know. Have you ever been in the know? You know how important that is, especially when we're younger. I shouldn't even say that. Uh, at all stages of life. Been in business, it's important to be in the know. Have you been on the outside of the know before? You know, when other people know, but you don't, how does it feel? There's a sense of anxiety as you enter a room and you feel like everybody knows something that you don't. They're all talking and, and surrounded around each other. And at all stages of our life, that happens. But being in the know is so important. I was reading an article uh, in, in a magazine called The Economist. And in this article, it talked about the, the deluge of information that is flooding all of our lives. Uh, if you have a, a phone, I was once upon a time excited about the smartphone because you could get email and I could stay connected. You remember that? Those of us who were the beginning of smartphone generation, you remember that? We were so excited we could stay connected. How many of you guys now would like to take that phone and throw it out the window? 
Uh, I'm, I'm with you on times. But this, this article in The Economist, it talked about the deluge of information. And it actually talked about that there is now marketing strategy. Uh, when we talk about censorship, we hear about information censorship. There's actually a strategy that isn't just canceling out information anymore. It's not just hiding information from people. There's actually a strategy that is, let's fill the tank with so much information, nothing can actually be processed. And this article talked about that, that it's actually marketing strategy. It's actually a strategy from politics, a strategy uh, all, all, all over the world right now to just fill with so much information that other information gets lost. How do you discern what's important information in these days? Because if you're like me, I, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, there is so much information, I don't know how to process what is good information and what isn't. And if you've gotten to this space, I really understand how you're feeling uh, when you don't know what is important. There rises within me a level of anxiety that says, man, I'm missing something that I should know. And so I go searching and searching and searching, and the searches never stop, right? And I keep learning new information, but I feel like there's a growing sense that I need to know more. Would you join us after this? I want to ask you a question right now. How do you decide what matters? How do you decide what matters? How do you prioritize? How do you look at all the information, all the demands of your life, and then prioritize them and say, this is what really matters? There's a lot of information pouring into your life, I know. There's a lot of information pouring into my life. So how do we decide what matters? We want to have that conversation after this and I believe that this is about to be a launching pad in us for, for us to discover what really might matter. It's important because what matters in your life, you're going to exalt. And what you exalt in your life actually uh, gains a bit of control in your life. There's a principle in Scripture that I found in, in Psalms 135, and, and it says that you become what you idolize. You become ultimately what you exalt. And there's a scripture in Ezekiel 12 where Ezekiel was experiencing, it's a guy named Ezekiel, and he was experiencing this in the Israel nation. The people had become what they had exalted. They had no longer exalted nor revered uh, the God of the universe, the God of their forefathers. They, they had for, largely forgotten. They created gods for themselves. And, and the passage says that they became like those gods. They had ears, but they couldn't hear anymore. They had eyes, but they couldn't see anymore. They were living life, but it wasn't really life. They were walking dead. And so God calls this guy Ezekiel to do something very different in his day. And he says, Ezekiel, what I want you to do in this day is, I want you to live like a foreigner among the people. I want you to get all of your bags every single day, and I want you to leave your house, and I want you to live like a man on the move in front of everyone. Do it very, very differently. And as you live life in such a different kind of way, just maybe, just maybe, the people who actually have ears, they're going to begin to hear. And those who have eyes are going to begin to see. Those who have real minds, they might begin to understand. But Ezekiel, I'm calling you to do something different in this day. I'm calling you to receive what I say to you and put it into practice that it might be a symbol to those around you. Would you go? This is exactly what Ezekiel did. 
But how did Ezekiel know what really mattered? How did he discern the information? You know what he decided? He decided that what God told him was the most important thing. You know, that story doesn't talk about all the other things that probably came into his life and demanded his attention, invited him in, said, no, no, Ezekiel, this really matters. You should do this because this matters. It doesn't really talk about many of those other things that come into his life. But if you're like me, you have a thousand different things a day coming at you saying, this matters, this matters, this matters. How do you decide what really matters? We pick our story up, and this is how we launch into our 21 days through Acts. I want to start in chapter 1. And if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 1. And I want to read just a few verses with you. So Acts chapter 1, I want to start in verse 4. I want to give you a backstory about what's just taken place. And the writer's name of Acts is, is his name is Luke. And he's already written an account, and you can find his book called Luke in the Bible. And he's written an account of Jesus. And then he picks up and he starts writing a clear account of the church. But here's what's happened before Acts 1. Jesus, the man Jesus, has been crucified. He's risen and he's walking the earth and he's displaying himself to many people. Upon displaying himself to many people, he gets to the end of his journey. He says, listen, it's good for me to leave you because I'm about to do something that's really, really important, but I'm going to come back soon. And we pick it up in Acts 1, and he's standing there, and he's talking to a group of people. And, and here's what he says. We'll pick it up in verse 4. Check it out. And it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. Hold on. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to read that again, okay? And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Did I cut something out of that? Sorry. Is it right? Which he said, you heard from me. Okay, I guess that's right. That's weird. I don't know why. It's hard for me to read that for some reason. You heard from me. He said, you heard from me for John. Okay, I'll just read it better. I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't know how to read anymore. <laughs> right? Order them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water. That's what she read. I know. But it looks weird, right? Yeah, it does. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water. You heard from me. For John baptized with water. Exactly. For, for John baptized with water. Exactly. The verse break is what's awkward. Right. So, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit how many days from now? Yeah. So when they come together, yeah. Yeah, I'll be good. Sorry, I, I need to delete that five. It was distracting to me. Okay. I'll just start reading, right? Yep. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Can you imagine this picture, this story? I mean, can you see what they're seeing right now? They're anxious to know something. They want to be in the know. And they've got this guy standing there who's been crucified, who rose from the dead, and who has told them, listen, I'm going to come again. I'm the king of the universe. And so now's their chance. They're like, I want to know some information. Would you tell us this? This is what we've been thinking about our whole lives. Is it time for Israel to be restored as this like world power? And he says, listen, Here's some information that isn't for you. Because it's not, the, the time and the season is not for you to know. So what is he saying? He's saying there's actually stuff that is not meant for us to focus our time and attention on. I see a lot of well-meaning people. And, and, and they're we're talking about times and we're talking about seasons. We're talking about, oh, look, here it is. And here's this and here's this person. And, and this is happening all around the world. What should we do? And, and there's some anxiety and there's some fear and there's some, there's some uh, angst in the midst of all of this information. But I see what Jesus is saying. He says, listen, some things are not actually meant for you to focus on. It's not meant for you to know. And actually, you don't know. Anybody who actually claims to know these things doesn't really know. So you can be very steady in this season. What does he say we should know? He says, you don't have to worry about times and seasons, but I'm going to give you something to focus your time on. You can be in the know. Listen, now you're going to be in the know. Jesus helps us understand the information to be in the know. What should we know? Here's what you should know. Power is going to come upon you and you are going to be his witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, this is what we should focus on. You see, they were very concerned about their kingdom still. Remember, this is a theme throughout Scripture. We want to know about our kingdom. We want to know about the Jews ruling the earth. And Jesus says, this is not for you to know. But what is for you to know is that I'm going to leave and I'm going to return again before I return, I'm going to send my spirit that comes upon you in great power. And when that power comes upon you, you're going to have a brand new purpose. And so if we understand some critical information right now, it can help inform the decisions that we make on the daily. But if we are trying to decipher all of the information from every different source, trying to figure out what really matters, I promise you it's going to lead you to some leveling of anxiety. Because eventually we're going to get to the place where we can't discern everything that's coming in. So let's get very simple. How can you be in the know? What really matters today, church? What really matters for you, believer? 
If you have claimed Christ, if you have received him as Lord and Savior, then he has given you some information. He's caused you to be in the know. And he has said, I'm going to send my spirit and my power is going to come upon you and you're going to have a brand new purpose. You are going to be my witnesses. Now, this is the information that we must know. Remind us, you can be in the know. In fact, you were meant to be in the know. What should we know today? Number one, that God has fixed times by his authority. That means, guess what? Do you know he's not shocked by what's going on in the world today? And if he's not shocked, nor is he worried, then neither should we. Shouldn't be worried at all. Because guess whose authority these times and seasons are operating under? Our dad. And he's got authority over them. And so he's allowed this season for a specific time. And that isn't what we should focus on. But what we should focus on is number two, time is not for you to know. The time is not for you to know. But three, here's here's what we should know. Your call is for you to know your purpose. This is the information that we must understand. That power through his spirit is available to you. It's meant to be given to you. And as it comes upon you, then you are meant to use it in this way. To tell of that thing which has come upon you. To tell of the good news that Jesus actually offers good news to everyone. And he has done something so wonderful for the world. He loved them so much. This is our purpose. And then operating inside of our purpose, we will find great fulfillment. And you will be steady in these days when a world is tossing around like the ocean. We will not be like the waves tossed in the ocean. Have you ever gone deep sea fishing? I went once upon a time and I get, I get ill in the stomach. As toward the end, not, not in the beginning, not in the middle, but toward the end on my way in, I always start to feel a little bit bad. And I remember the captain, he said, man, are you starting to feel bad? I said, man, I feel bad. He said, he said, look out on the horizon, the thing that doesn't move. Look out there. Keep your eyes focused on that thing. And it's going to help you a little bit. And I just say, in this, in this season, uh, the thing that's going to help us is the truth. I have to keep my eyes focused on something that doesn't move. And that's what Jesus wanted them to understand. Times and seasons are going to be like the ocean. But we don't have to be. When the world says, look, go here. Look, there he is. Look, there she is. Let's follow them. They know the way. He says, listen. Don't don't get tossed like the ocean. You can be very steady in these days because here's what you know. Power is available to you. And the power isn't found in the information that's offered by a marketing scheme. The power is found in the Holy Spirit that comes through the person of Jesus. And it's offered to you. And if you need that today, you can call out to him and he will give. 1 Thessalonians is a book uh, toward the end of the New Testament. And Paul writes in chapter 5 to a church. And he says, listen, I don't even need to write to you about times and seasons. You have no need of anything written to you for this. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. You're aware of all this stuff, so I don't need to tell you. But verse 9 through 11, he gives some instruction. Because you know this, here's what I'm calling you to. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, because this is true, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So here's the call. Because I know the information, I'm in the know. 
I can be steady. I don't have to worry about myself. I'm not meant for wrath. But there is a coming wrath of God that is coming. And it's not meant to be for this world. He's coming against sin and death for the final time. And good news is still offered. He invites each one of us to receive his good news, that he has made peace with you. He bore your penalty on a cross and he offers you to come to him. Anybody who needs saving today, come to Jesus. And maybe that's you today. You feel like a wave tossed in the ocean. I want to just tell you some good news, that you weren't meant to live that life. You were meant to be very steady in these days. You were meant to receive the power of God, but it's found in the person of Jesus. And today, if you need power today, if you need his power, and in fact, if you believe in him and you actually want to follow him and you want to be his witness and you want to tell of him, then right where you are, I just want to invite you, would you do something bold for me? Would you just stand right where you are? There's nothing magical about it. Uh, But when you stand for a purpose by faith, I believe that there's something that happens in the room. Would you stand right where you are? And would you just invite God uh, to come upon you that you might be his witness? Just tell him, Jesus, I I want you to use me. Would you come upon me in a very fresh way that I might be your witness today? I want to go with you. Lead me from this place. In Jesus' name. And our prayer is that God begins to use you. Watch, he's going to open up your eyes today. You're going to have opportunities today. You're going to have opportunities tomorrow. Just continue to step in. He's going to give you the words to say. He's going to bring to remembrance the things that you need to know. But now, what is your step? Maybe you have done that once upon a time. Maybe you've done that for the first time and and you're gonna, your, your eyes are going to be open in a very unique and fresh way. So what do you do? What do I do? We do exactly what we see in 1 Thessalonians. Would you join a group of people? Because here's what you need. You need others to encourage you in this season, but others need you to encourage them in this season. If that's you today, you can comment on, on, this, on this video right now. Just comment with a thumbs up, and somebody's going to connect with you, and we're going to help you find a group that's meeting around our city during the week. They might meet on Sundays or Monday. We'll we'll connect with you and find out a good day for you to meet. But we want to connect you with other like-minded people going after the kingdom in these days. We're meant to be in the know. And as you are in the know, we're going to help others discover the know. And we're going to see God do incredible things in these days. Don't miss out as we continue our journey through Acts. Again, if you'd like to be uh, in our 21-day prayer and fasting, would you text in 21 days to 578 Three, eight. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Much love, fam. I'll see you next week.